Welcome to St. James Bible Bites. This podcast was recorded live at our Sunday morning service and the full recording can be found on our Facebook page as well as our YouTube channel, both linked on our website. Our readings today are taken from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 4, verses 2 to 6, and Proverbs 3, verses 3 to 8. We continue our series entitled Talking Jesus, which will be followed up in our small groups as well as our weekly Zoom meeting, to which all are welcome. Logon details can be found on our Facebook page and website. The talk is by our lay reader, Mike Gillingham, entitled Be Ready to Give an Answer. This reading comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, and should I be wise in the way you act towards uh, oh, sorry and be wise in the way you act towards outsiders making the most of every opportunity let your conversation always be full of grace seasoned with salt that you may know how to answer everyone Right, the second uh, lesson is from Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 3 to 8. Never let loyalty and kindness get away from you. Wear them like a necklace. Write them down deep in your heart. Then you will find favour with both God and people, and you will gain a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will direct your paths. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn your back on evil. Then you will gain renewed health and vitality. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father, as Paul prayed that the people would pray for him to open his mouth, so, Lord, open my mouth, and, Lord, open all our ears so that we may be ready to hear your word. Amen. I found some difficulty preparing this passage, and actually I've got a further difficulty. I've got a mild cold, which is why I'm being less social than normal, and uh, wearing a mask. Just a cold, it's not COVID, I did check. Um, But I find it difficult, perhaps, because I find regular prayer a problem. So I'm going to do what I always do, or try to do, which is to look at the passage and try to bring out its meaning. And it's quite important with this because we're looking at translations. 
if we looked at the original Greek, there would be none of us here, well, no, perhaps one or two, who understood it. The rest of us would be left in doubt. And uh, if Fabian were to ask me in his native language how I felt this morning, and I said, comme uh, comme ça, I mean, literally, that means like this, like that. What rubbish is that? But he would understand, because that's a common French phrase, that I, I'm okay, not brilliant, but not bad either, just traveling along. And that's so much packed into those few words that otherwise just mean nonsense. So let's look at this passage. It's asking people to continue in prayers. Now, that's not necessarily very long prayers. Um, yeah, uh, they're still going, you say? Still going. Wow. Um, not necessarily very long prayers. Some people get into the thought that if we pray all day and all night, then God is bound to hear us. God is bound to hear us anyway. He hears us, and it's not necessarily very long prayers that he wants. Sometimes the briefest are what are needed. But to be habitual, that's where I find it a problem. There's an old joke, isn't there, uh, about the chap who takes out a membership of a gym because he needs to get fit. And after six months, he says, I'm still not fit but I understand perhaps you have to go there. Our prayer should be habitual. We need to be there praying. Watchful, not falling asleep. That's a great tendency. Um, you know, the end of the uh, house group when you're praying and you've had a tough day and you all close your eyes. Oh. But we're to keep watchful, not falling asleep. Watchful, not diverted. Now, if there's one thing that has really happened in this century, it is that we have more ways of diverting us from whatever we should be doing than ever before. And it's not just phones, but it's, well, we could go on, couldn't we? You, you probably all have your individual things. I need to keep up with the news. No, I don't, but I do. <laughs> and our prayer should be include thanksgiving. Uh, I always associate it with the Salvation Army, that uh, old hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. But it's not a bad idea, actually, to count our blessings, because we can often come to prayer in a place of great need, we see all the problems of the world around us, all our own problems, all the problems of our friends and neighbors, and it can weigh us down. But we need to come with thanksgiving because there is no greater encouragement to prayer 
than thanksgiving. And as Paul says, we need to pray for those on the front line of witness. Those are just some of the groups that we're associated with as a church. And hopefully there are more that each of you have your own particular groups that you support. I realized as I prepared this that we're going to have to think about David and Margie Whitehorn as they step down from their frontline role. Uh, we need some people to look at and to support and to pray for. And of course, we need to pray for our own leaders, for Fabian and David. And as we're praying for everybody on the front line of witness, we're praying for ourselves too, aren't we? Isn't that what this little course is about? And Paul asks that they would open a door, that there would be a door open, a door of, and he uses the Greek word logos. That's the word used of Jesus in the beginning of John's gospel. It's a word from which we get ology. So if you study an ology, you're studying all the knowledge there is about a particular subject. So we're praying, Paul asked that a door would be opened to give the sum total of the all the wisdom of God, the knowledge about God, that he would get an opportunity to speak. And there's also a connotation in this word. This is why I say you, you, just one translation isn't enough. And in case you think I'm a very clever person, I've got, I've got some books written by some very clever people who make this clear. Um, also, it's got the connotations of opening that other door, the one on the front of our heads our mouths, so that our words can be opened. We will be open to speak. And a lot of us find this a problem, don't we? And it's one of the things, as we've been looking at this in house groups, uh, opening that mouth can be a problem. But Paul asked that they would pray that his mouth would be open and that he'd be clear that we... We need to be clear when we talk. And then in contrast, and this I would never have got without the help of the, the uh, commentaries. In contrast, we are to proclaim the mystery of Christ. Now, by the word mystery, means something locked up. Like a treasure chest. There's a, we have a treasure chest that's locked up and most people can't open it. They haven't got the keys. But we have the key in Jesus. And we are here to talk about what's hidden to the world, but what is open to us. And I think a treasure chest is, is a very good um, picture of it, because we have this. It, and it, treasure chests can be useless. Every so often, somebody in this lovely country digs up a treasure chest. And what good did it do the people who put it there? None. 
Treasure chests need to be opened and the treasure used. And we must open that treasure of all we know about God, how he loves us and cares for us, so that it can be useful. But it won't always make us popular. Paul was in chains. Very likely that he's literally in chains. It's likely that he wrote this while he was a prisoner in Rome. And although he would have a certain amount of freedom, he'd be able to sit down, he would be shackled to a Roman soldier beside him, who was the guard, so that he didn't go anywhere. Those guards must have heard quite a few interesting conversations, incidentally, (laughs) over the years. But he was in chains, and there's many parts of the world where there is real persecution. That should be a subject for prayer, too. And Paul says we should walk with wisdom to those who are outside. Walk with wisdom. Now, I quite like that picture of walking, too. If I run because I'm fit, I don't pay any attention to things around me. And I'll tell you one thing, I can't keep going. But if I walk, I can keep going for ages. Steady pace. We should walk with wisdom to those who are outside. Something continuous. And we are recipients of enormous grace. We must show it. As we walk with wisdom, wisely, walking well, we're showing others the grace we have been given. And then he uses a phrase, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Buying it back. Because time has been taken by evil. There's so much in that world outside Yeah, why do I look at the news? Um, Looking at the news, there is so much evil. So much time is, is taken up by evil. We need to redeem it, to buy it back, make it useful, make it something that follows Christ, not just following the current fashions. And then he says... Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let's look at that. Your conversation be always full of grace. So our conversations must show that grace. It's so easy to gossip about people, isn't it? So easy to spread evil with our words, to join in. But we, we must season our conversation with salt. I spoke about salt a little earlier, and I'll use the same picture. Our words should be well-flavored, continually seasoned with salt, 
Um, but let me tell you a little story of my dear wife. One time we were both helping out at um, a, a school Christian camp at Clevedon. And I again had a cold, really bad cold. I'd lost my voice. And my dear kind wife got up, went to the kitchens, which is in another building. And I mean, it was, it was in the winter, this was. And went all that way to make me a cup of coffee and brought it back to me. Wonderful wife I have. Unfortunately... She had mistaken the salt for the sugar. <laughs> and, but it did cheer me up. We had such a good laugh about it. But our conversation needs to be seasoned with salt. Not overpowered, but well seasoned. Taste your conversation. Taste your conversation. Like a chef, I was watching some cooking yesterday, and the chef was tasting the, and adding a little bit more, and then, ah, that's right, not too much, well seasoned. And finally, let me give you, on this, let me give you an encouragement. When Paul writes to the Corinthians, who are having a real bust up, but that's, by the by, that's another story, if you want that later. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. When we're talking about talking to others, talking about we hoping this church grows, we hoping people come to know Jesus, we're just gardeners. God is the one who makes it grow. Now, I don't know whether you're planting seeds or watering seeds, encouraging people, telling them for the first time, but we don't need to rely on how wonderful we are and how skilled we have become. The reason that we started talking about prayer is that it's God who makes it grow. And it's God we should be looking to. Now, I couldn't resist, and I'll tell you why in a moment, looking at the Proverbs reading, because it means quite a bit to me. So I, I think with, I'm not going to be thrown out for speaking too long. This is a lovely way to make our lives seasoned. You might have round your neck, ladies, a cross. I expect quite a few of you have, as a reminder. Or perhaps you have a necklace to remind you. Or perhaps you have somewhere something written. Uh, on my wallet, I have some, uh, something written to remind you constantly of Jesus. So let love and faithfulness never leave you. Let them be close around you. And if our lives are full of love, if we're reliable, we're faithful, it will make a good impression. People will trust us. And when we say things, they will listen. 
Now, the reason this passage is uh, special to me is that when I uh, left home to go to university, uh, the curate and his wife, who had um, taught me a lot, uh, gave me a book, and in the front they wrote these two verses. And it's a good idea. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We can get things wrong. We need to trust him. And as so often in the Bible, it's echoed in the second verse. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. That's the idea of straight there is is not just that they will be literally straight, but they'll be level. They won't be lumpy and up and down. Um, I was driving along the motorway yesterday, and there's one section where, well, it's absolutely dreadful with potholes. But God will make our way straight. And if we're not wise in our own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil, it will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. It sounds like a good stew. But just as a good stew can warm your heart, so following God can drive away evil. There's so much evil in the world around us which is because people are not following God, but following their own wisdom. What do you look at? Ukraine. Dangerous driving. Drugs. Promiscuity. Robbery. Violence. Carrying knives. All these things are literally bad for our health. And following the Lord is a good example that will really make us well. So let's live in the light of what God has told us. Praying for open doors, open mouths, and clear talking. Let's pray. Lord God, we pray that your people here and throughout the world may have opportunities, open doors to speak and may have open mouths to speak for you and your wisdom to speak with. Amen. For more Bible Bite podcasts, simply visit our website www.stjamestaunton.co.uk and click on resources. Thank you for listening and may God be with you today.